Welcome to Authentic the Podcast. My name is Glenn Manton. 24 hours ago, I shared three questions with my guest ahead of this podcast. Each question was taken directly from the pages of my book, Authentic. I asked my guest to write one word or more in response to each question without prescription or provocation. I am unaware of my guest's responses and look forward to exploring her answers as we sit in an old Subaru WRX looking towards the Westgate Bridge. My guest's name is Briar. Briar, welcome. Thank you, Glenn. How are you today? I am very well. That's a very official way to start the podcast with a <laughs> how are you today? I'm incredibly well. Briar, how are you today? I'm fabulous, darling. What do you think of this location that I've picked out for this podcast? It's the alternative location to the old EJ Holden by the water in Williamstown. I've taken you to the back streets of Spotswood looking upon the Westgate Bridge. It almost feels like we're a part of some sort of international drug cartel. Yes, some sort of a suburban hood. <laughs> it is a suburban hood, no doubt. We're surrounded by barbed wire, graffiti and all other elements that make a podcast fine and dandy. Now, I know because you've got your little diary in front of me that you've been scribbling away since I've given you these questions. So mm. I want to put you out of your misery because you tend... I have far too many thoughts. I was going to say exactly that. You tend to have more than one thought yep. at any one time. So I do know that about you, but I'm not sure how you're going to answer these questions. So let's jump into the deep end. Mm. No need to throw ourselves off the west gate. Let's start <laughs> with the question that I like asking the most. What is your most treasured possession? My most treasured possession. Hmm. How do, does it have to be materialistic? It can be whatever you wish for it to be. I mean, I've got a few sentimental things. I don't have anything of substantial worth, I guess, by way of money, but uh, jewellery. I'm a big wearer of rings. Uh, so the ring I'm wearing at the moment on my right thumb is... A sterling silver and uh, jade uh, greenstone ring. It's a Kiwi greenstone, and my sister's got it for me for Christmas. Um, and it basically, Recently? Yeah, the Christmas just gone. And the Christmas just gone was a substantial one for my family because it's, yeah, the first time we'd all been together since, since my parents divorced, and it was quite a um, good gift. So you've got one big fat-ass ring on that right thumb, but on the True. left hand, you've got a myriad of rings across four fingers, most notably absent from the little finger. I'll, I want to investigate why the little finger does not have a ring on the left hand first. Too slippery. Too slippery. Little <laughs> finger's really, too slippery. It's real, no, it's really hard to find a ring size that... Well, two reasons. First one being it's hard to find a ring size for a pinky that's not just too big or just too small. And you can't have a ring on every finger. That's just odd. Okay, that's odd. But you've now it's, got it's on that so. hand, on this left hand, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six other rings of significance, I believe. Run me through it's them quickly. Definitely eight there. Eight? How do you yeah. count out? One, one two. two three, oh, four, I'm sorry. Five, there are some extra rings <laughs> that I couldn't see in this dimly lit side street in Spotswood. How dare you? That's fine. Run me through and the listeners through quickly significance of these rings. These are supposedly your most treasured possessions. Yeah, my rings are. I don't. I do take them off. I don't need to sleep though. Um, this is one that I got for me and my brother over Christmas. It's a bit more masculine than the one I've got with my sisters. Uh, this is from Canada, and my ex got it for me, who shall not be named. Uh, so why would you wear a ring that your ex gave you? 
yeah. People listening would find that quite interesting. Um, because it was a part of my life, whether it was good or bad, it's still a factor there and it still somewhat defines, I guess, my views on myself and heartbreak and heartbreak's never a good thing, is it? But it's something that I don't regret going through and so that there is, it's almost a reminder of strength because I came through the heartbreak. It's fair call and again, because we're a non-visual medium here, the ring is almost like an Indian headdress. That's Mm. the first thing that pops into my head. Is that what it's supposed to represent? Yeah, it really is. And what about your other rings here? Um, This silver tree I got from Bondi at these little markets um, in Sydney when I went uh, to the Actor Awards December last year. And I guess for me it it caught my eye because (laughs) it's fucking awesome, but it's a, it's a small tree of life and at that point in my career it was really starting to bloom and blossom and I'd heard all these rumours about Bondi being this cool, sunny, high energy, vibrating place and I went and it absolutely was and uh, got me a tree ring from this little old Indian man, American Indian man that had a silver store nice. on the beach. And that leaves us one other finger to discuss. This one. This is a friendship. A lot of these are friendship, which is funny because it's almost my my marriage finger, which is good because I'll never have a marriage ring there, I guess. <laughs> whoa, 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 why not? Why will you never have a marriage ring there for? I just don't believe in the constructs of a religious sort of ceremony, you know? Fair enough. Hmm. But on that one finger, you've got three different rings. Four. Sorry? Four. Four? I still, I still can't see... Oh, there it is. Okay, there's four there. Oh, now, could you not see this one? No, I didn't see the small one. What is the small little band representing? The small little band represents my cousin, Rolly. Um, he's got a small little band as well, and it's just... It's sort of in that positioning where it's always there, but you, it's not always noticed, you know what I mean? Sure. It never, ever comes off that one, and it's much like uh, Rolly in my life. He's always, always been there, whether you notice him or not. He's my my other half, I guess you'd say. And this is your cousin? My cousin, yeah. So that people would find that kind of possibly a little bit challenging to understand. You've got a male cousin who's essentially your other half. How, mm-hmm. how does that come to be? Well, Broly and I grew up, I guess, as best friends and our mothers and sisters as cousins um, in that sense. But he's a what would I say he's the yin to my yang in the sense that I am a strong independent black woman no I am but he is a sensitive gay but still strong man and and we complement each other's lightness and darkness you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, is this your go-to person yeah this is my go-to my person I go to for comfort, that I go to for anger, for hate, for love, if I need to let things out, to be uh, vengeful, even vengeful, yes, but ventful, he he knows so the darkest parts of me and can take them. I was going to say, how does he cope with it? What does he do coping with your darker side? Um particularly good listener does he pose questions does he know when to walk away how does he deal with it I would say he just listens and he knows that 
because I think too deeply about everything he knows that no matter what he says in those moments of darkness I will fire back with something because I've already thought about every answer that could possibly be said do you know what I mean so he will I guess choose what he knows I want to fire at and he'll say it and I'll fire at him and then straight away I catch myself attacking him and he takes it and he knows it and he knows that I need to attack something and someone that's not in my head because I have to get out of my head so given what you're sharing to respond to the answer what's your most treasured possession which I imagine you could have come at from a number of different perspectives mm. but you chose jewelry and you chose rings mm. and let's be honest as I've miscalculated three or four times here you have a lot of rings on your fingers mm. but you seem to find it difficult to talk about it is that because you literally have got so many answers spinning around your head and you can't quite pinpoint which yeah. one it is that you'd want to share that's literally it and do you find that frustrating in your daily life in fact i should take that question back is that something that spills into your daily life where yeah. you're just thinking every thinking single, thinking thinking every single day so what, thinking, what do you thinking, do to cope thinking. with that well it's crazy because i've been through i guess there is such a thing called uh, overthinking disorder. Sure. Um, and my ex was actually diagnosed with it. I never went. I've never taken myself to get diagnosed because I don't like <laughs> systematic diagnosis. But I do know and understand that it's just another cognitive, I guess, process or way that my brain functions. A lot of thoughts, a lot of the time, high-wired thoughts, and a lot of creatives do. Uh, does it get exhausting? Oh, it's yeah, absolutely exhausting. Uh, had substances, I guess, to counteract it, highs and lows. Uh, amphetamines encourage the thoughts, and I guess hallucinogens numb it. Mm -hmm. And it's a lose-lose for me because I don't ever want to numb my thoughts, really. But it's taken me years of, I guess, <laughs> weed addictions to figure that one out. That Because I'm a firm believer of, uh, the the idea that we're all pure consciousness to battle I guess my thoughts with say a spliff or, or a joint or a bong here and there just to get to bed to slow them down at nights has only ever been detrimental for me because what I've realized lately is that if if I am a firm believer that your thoughts manifest your reality and I'm constantly numbing my thoughts, then I'm going to be living in numb reality. Hmm. You may have already started to answer the second question. I'll ask it now and again. I ask it with all due respect because it's going to send you into a bit of a tiz. I think you have so <laughs> many answers to throw at me. If you had to give some advice to a younger you, what would that be? See, honestly, after thinking about this for a good, say, 24 hours, <laughs> I'd say stop thinking. Ah, stop overthinking. But then my younger self would say to my older self, stop overthinking what? And then I'd go into another whirlwind of what I'm overthinking. So on a, on a deeper level, I would say to... Acknowledge yourself. What does that mean? Acknowledge that you are something, a, a small, specialized, divine, localized point 
of personality, of reactions, of experiences, of nature, nurture and environment and you have a divine purpose on this earth and to not stress I guess about about goal a goal goals in the sense that I find a lot of people create these predisposed goals and send themselves into sort of a galloping neurosis when they can't, neurosis when they can't keep up with these goals not realizing that every day you are your perspective is changing so basically figure out who you are who you want to unfold to be to that be that being and then conform your goal to that so you're saying essentially if I can dumb it down understand what makes you tick as a basic human being and build your goal around that mm-hmm. and yeah Instead so do you, of, do you find that is achievable for most people or do you think most people struggle with that I think it's it's always a struggle it's the whole path of dreams and goals and you know going through life and realising that some goals are a bit shallow and some are, are more heavily weighted and, and influence or have you always chased your dreams uh yeah I have I guess I... No one's ever stepped in there and offered you some good advice about chasing your dreams? See, well, I get advice from people I love all the time, from connections throughout life, but again, there's that vague idea of advice being... What was... I've read this... I actually read this article. Have I told you about this article before? I don't know. Between... Um, it's the first time we're talking about this. Hunter S. Thompson and David Hume, two of my favourite philosophers... Hunter S. Thompson was 20, and Hume asked him, what the, what's my purpose in life? Like, what, do I, what do I do? Well, give me some advice on how to live. And Hunter himself said, aha, uh-huh, what a very human and dangerous thing to ask is to ask for advice, because every man, again, is the sum total of his own experience. And so to, to give advice would be like the blind leading the blind, right? So it's knowing. It always comes down to understanding and knowing with me, and 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 that that goal or that dream must absolutely, absolutely, young Briar must align with humanity, with serving humanity, with bettering the human condition. Because as a as a woman who I am and what what I think is important in life is bettering the human condition. Um, so no one stepped into your world and ever had an effect on how you outlook and uh, perceive the place that you're not only residing but the vision you have moving forward no one's affected that I mean (laughs) well yes there I see there was one point in life where I was I guess a ooh even the word conformist is gross but I was a Mormon. I was a, a very strict believer of Mormonism in a Mormon family, at a Mormon high school, Mormon primary school, Mormon university. Uh, and I, actually I was, there was a very substantial time in my life where I let go of the gospel and my, well, my upbringing, my, my conditioning with Mormonism because I met this woman <laughs> 
I was out paddle boarding in Lanikai one day, which is in the north shore of Hawaii, and I bump around, bump around, I bump into Rihanna, and Rihanna's on holiday, as in Robin Rihanna Fenty, yes, she was on holiday in Lanikai at the time. Whoa, 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 let's just hang on, hang on, I have to interrupt, because the people listening couldn't see the rings, so they couldn't quite get their head around that, so we tried to give a little description there, I don't mind that that was a little ambiguous. You just said you bumped into in Hawaii, Rihanna. Hmm. We're talking Rihanna, 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 the, the singer. Ray Ray, the singer. What okay. Girl, Ray, Ray. So you've bumped into Rihanna on a paddleboard. Please continue the story. And again, this is at the crux of my life, where I am. How old am I here? Nineteen, twenty. I am not happy with being at this business school that I'm at doing philosophy theatre business very confused between the left and right brain between the creative and the and the business and because Hawaii Hawaii is a place where I guess celebrities can be themselves because we're all 10 years behind Um, we hardly have TV and all the rest of it or we just don't care about it and so I was a a, you know a young local on my paddleboard in Hawaii and Lani Kai Rihanna again is on holiday we bump I get back up onto the paddleboard. I don't realize at first who it is, but I look over. She's in her black g-string uh, bikini and her puffy, beautiful, natural hair because she's on vacay and she's not wearing no weave at the moment. And we start talking, and she sees the moldy tattoo in my ear, and, and obviously I'm a local, so it's very much sister to sister, not Rihanna to fan, not anything. She asks me what I'm doing, and I tell her I'm at, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing in Hawaii? Hawaii? because she's got a moldy tattoo on her hand so I bring that up and it sparks conversation about her moldy tattoo my moldy tattoo um, she tells me she loves New Zealand what am I doing in Hawaii I tell her that I'm at university for this she asked me if I'm happy I said no and the, the one question she poses is if you could do one thing in this world knowing you could not fail <clears throat> let me get the accent out so, if you could do one thing in this world, knowing you cannot fail, just the one thing, no fail, no failure, baby girl, what would it be? And I look down and I think, I'd act. So are you acting? No. Then go. And that weekend I uh, dropped out of BYU. Brigham Young University in Hawaii withdrew, sent my parents emails and flew to LA. And I guess the rest is history from that point, but she was my first slap in the face, my first wake up, my first question everything, my first, I guess, who are you, really? And 10 years later, I am, I guess, an atheist who, an acting atheist who knows exactly who I am and what I want in life as opposed to the completely blinded by a man-made construct of religion and being told how to live and what to do for 18 years. It's appropriate we move on to Rihanna because my third question that I had for you I know that you were able to write something down for this, so I'll be curious to see what you've written because it seems that this question was more easily approached than the previous two. It was about 
music that's affected your life? Is there a song? Is there an artist, a lyric? Is there something that's affected your life? And as I just said, on the back end of you sharing that story about Rihanna, which is quite an extraordinary story and something that most people would fanboy or fangirl all over. Mm. Uh, for you, on the other hand, it seems like it was a pivotal moment change in your life. Mm. Let's continue down that music path. A song or a lyric? Yeah. Well, see, there are artists who I adore and who give me comfort at times of, I guess, struggle. And these, to be honest, all stem in the jazz sphere. They're all jazz artists. They're Erica Badu's, they're India Ares, they're Carlos Santana's. But I think that's simply because I grew up with a jazzy mother and so there's that comfort behind I'm not sure what piece. a jazzy mother looks like. A it jazzy mother rather, is a woman who wears rather fl- strange. I'm flowy not sure. clothes with her Mormon garments, vacuuming to India Ares, bop de woo wop wop she wop thing, Janet Jackson do okay. wop. I'm just not sure, again, where we're sitting here but if we've come across any jazzy mothers <laughs> in this particular locale, but I'm glad you were able to draw a picture for us cerebrally. Now, you've pulled out your diary and you've got an entire page there of reference to this question, so fire away. So the song then, uh, then naturally follows that, have you heard of the artist? And I'm not actually sure how to pronounce it. I always thought it was like Jepel, but it's apparently... Do you know this? Goepoli? I'm really not sure. And you've just referred, you've put Nath Smart, our producer, on the spot. He's sitting in the back seat <laughs> of the car taking all this in. You've asked him to look at your handwriting, which is Goepoli. somewhat somewhat hieroglyphic. That's listen, all right. Listen. Let's so, spell it. G-A... G-A-O-P-E-L-L-E. All right. So people will be able to research that. Tell us about him or her. So she... She? No, she's got a song uh, with Drake. It's a modern, a more modern version called okay. "Closer to My Dreams," and I guess why it resonates with me is because the beat itself is, I said, quite a jazzy instrumental beat, but then Drake comes in with some heavy fucking realism, I guess. Um, and this song I discovered when I was living in Tasmania um, as an eighteen-year-old, saving for my dreams in Hawaii and it was when I was realizing myself and who I was and my potential and and this song has been that that slice of comfort for me I've listened to it on every plane that I've been on to my next step in life to my next shift in 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 understanding and consciousness I guess it's uh, I remember vivid vivid views of watching flying over cities to this song uh, when I moved from Tasmania to Hawaii when I moved from Hawaii to Los Angeles when I left Los Angeles to rehabilitate myself in New Zealand and then when I moved from New Zealand to Melbourne to fully start my career and each time this song is played and um I guess there are there's a special lyric or verse in it that Drake says um, that goes, I promise mama I'm going to do it because I know I put you through it. I know I put you through it, baby. And I just want you to sit around with your friends at a dinner table and say my baby's famous and I knew it. I don't know, and I just think 
that or hope that one day my mum can sit around a dinner table with her friends and, and say that my baby's famous and I know it. And not for the fame, but for fame for me being that step or that, that moment of acknowledgement that you've done it, that you're a success, that my mother's daughter's a success, so therefore she's a success. That's nice. And whilst you were sharing that, I jumped on my phone and Googled uh, closer to my dreams, uh, just Drake, and I've come across it quite easily. So those people mm -hmm. listening can quite easily type into Google Drake, close to my dreams, and come across that particular song. And you'll like it. If you've, if you've truly been through the juxtaposition of poverty and success, you'll like this one. It, he takes it back. It's really nice. And I read an interesting statistic today about Drake too, about him being one of the most successful artists of all time next to Elvis and I think it was the Beatles or something like that. So that's Yeah, baby, whether you like him or not, you can't deny his success. He's had a lot of success. Well I think this podcast has been a success. I'm gonna I think it's been a whirlwind. It has been a whirlwind. You've been I'm not sure if I gave any real answers no, there. You did, you gave of... plenty of good answers and plenty of uh, material for people to think about. But of course the listeners have just known you as Briar to this point and I'd usually do a, a nice drum roll on the dashboard of the old EJ Holden, old Betty, and we're in this Subaru WRX, essentially looking like drug dealers in the back street <laughs> of Spotswood. Literally. And I'm not sure what it's gonna sound like as I give the drum roll here on the dash, but I will try. So there's a bit of a drum roll for you. You can reveal who you actually are. You're known as Briar to this point, but you are, of course. Uh, my name is Briar Rose. I am an actress, model, and creative director. I, I, I am me. I am me. I have social media. Sorry. You have social uh, you media. You can find me on Instagram as the Briar Rose, uh, on Facebook as Briar Kershaw, uh, on Vimeo, I guess as Briar Rose. There's a few self tests and short films up there. Uh, so yes, people can connect with you via those three different platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do know that you are quite prolific on Facebook. You do like to throw up all sorts of interesting material. And as some people would say, you are a good follow. Uh, somebody who I like to think can um, probably stretch people's minds. Very much so. And I guess you could call me a conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy artist, I Conspiracy prefer. artist. I, I like that. And... Uh, I appreciate you conspiring with myself and Nate here in the back seat, stuck in the back seat. There's not a lot of room in the back seat of the WRX, so he's done very well tonight. As I said, we moved away from the old EJ tonight here in Melbourne and moved to a different location just for a different sense and feel with a very different guest, somebody whose brain I think uh, probably spins at high-level RPM quite yeah, constantly. Absolutely. So, Briar, we really thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Glenn. And thank you for listening to Authentic the Podcast. Whilst we're out of time now, we can continue the conversation electronically via Facebook and Instagram, where you will find me by searching Glenn Manton and further material associated with this podcast by searching Authentic. To purchase a copy of my book, Authentic, please head to www.glennmanton.com.au forward slash book. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. I look forward to your company again very soon. Oh.